When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Yeah, yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws, feathers or fur, sharp teeth or feet with claws, whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves, then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows, have the crowd witnessing a murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck the censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All your hair's a half a puff and a Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Hey! Oh my, oh my shit! Oh baby! It's the wolf for now! Oh my god, up in the earpiece! I like it raw, baby! Um, how you doing, you good? Mate, I'm gonna tell you this now, Tom Yo, hit me Buzzing, buzzing my tits off Really? After... I would say one of the... Well, I was about to say one of the best weekends I've ever had. What an exaggeration. Wowzers. A great weekend. Really? A great weekend. What what happened? What went down? I've got to say a boat to pick with you actually about this weekend. Mm. Um, but you, 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 you load me up. Load up the sure. plate with your bedlam of madness. Okay. And then uh, let me uh, pour in a little bit of gravy of deceit. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm looking forward to this because I'm almost certain you've used the word deceit incorrectly, but we'll find out. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, went to Stockport. Well, went to Manchester for uh, a couple Shout of shows. Not, Amazing. Not in, not in Manchester because I'd done Manchester already on this tour. It was actually Stockport. Yeah. We stayed in Manchester. So, did the first show in Stockport. Friday night crowd. Unbelievable. Buzzing. It was just a fucking... I love that venue. I love the... Stockport audience was sick. And then... Uh, so, Stockport's it straight away. It sounds like it's in your top five places in England. No. I, I, I don't know... What would you say? Now what you've done now is I'm buzzing about Stockport and then you've no, asked I was me say, to like... No, I've never... Like, look, in all the years of our friendship, I've never seen you this, like, hyped up and fucking generous about any one city. Yeah. If if Lisa phoned me and said, oh, oh Tom, it's me, Lisa. Um, Robert, yeah. she's got this crazy idea that we're moving to Stockport. I wouldn't go, oh, fucking that's a surprise. I'd be like, shit. Yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, no, no, I had a good show there and Stockport seems nice, but I literally turned up at the venue, did the show and left. All right, so People I, were great. People were great. People were great. After Stockport, after the first show, went to... By the way, if I go into too much detail, I'll start to get boring. Just stop me. No, 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 no. I love it when you go on a detailed rant. All right. Uh, rant? No, well, you know what I mean. A detailed soiree. I sounded like a really... That was really pathetic the way I did that. Rant? <laughs> I'm actually just telling you about my weekend. I love that you do your own voice now as well. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I like the thought that that voice has become your inner monologue. <laughs> um, then I went to this restaurant in the Curry Mile called Mugly Charcoal Pit, right? And I need to give this restaurant a shout out. Okay. Is, I would uh, say... By the Curry Mile, you're talking Curry Mile, Manchester, yeah? Yes, correct. Shout out. Now, it's I, an, I lived once upon a time. I lived not far from there. It's an amazing place. Did you? God, that, uh, what did you, have, you have to, did you have to leave because you wouldn't survive otherwise? <laughs> just having <laughs> that, number of, that number of curry houses that close to you. It's just fucking Mate, dangerous. Lurking about it. It's an incredible yeah. place. It's probably one of the best miles in the world. It's probably one yeah. of the best we've miles. Do, we've, done a, we've done a blood test on him. His blood is 65% ghee. <laughs> we're going we're, we're to have to get him out of rush on. Ghee's really bad for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's clarified butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like most stuff cooked in ghee. For like, is that what makes it so delicious? Ghee is does make things delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can you can get vegan ghee, which is better for you. 
I, I don't actually. I don't know if it is because brindle barge is one of my fa- favourite things. And when I eat, mm. bin, I can eat a whole portion of brindle, like a big portion of brindle barge on my own with just mm. some rice, right? Yeah, and I think yeah. if I'm eating healthy, but that's an insane amount of gear you'll be in that, right? Yes, yeah. And like you know, you know, you um. So my mum's aubergine curry, which you I've had before. Ju- yeah, which when Judge Romish she stole from me. So that that is absolutely delicious. But before you curry the aubergine, you have to deep fry it. Yeah. Because you don't have to, obviously. You don't have to do anything. But what I mean is to get that taste, she fries it before she puts it in the curry. Because you know you could also put aubergine in salt water overnight and that will suck out all of the... Because aubergine itself has got a bit of a rancid taste unless you... You, you, you have to really, yeah, but that's the thing. That's the thing with the aubergine curry is like they have to do that, and then it's like super oily. That aubergine curry, by the way, just to let everyone know, I had two of those. One was for me, one was for Romesh, and I got both of them. I ate one cold in my hotel room that night, and it was. Hey, yeah. hey, just he's been, we've been, he's been talking about my mom's cooking for such a long time, and he chooses for his first taste of it. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to here. I don't know why I'm referring to you in the third person. You choose. To fucking eat it cold in a hotel room. I imagine in your underwear. That's how I picture it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. sat there. Yeah, yeah. And you're just going, oh, fucking hell. It was delicious. That was, that was a hell of a fucking bell smash. <laughs> oh, it's, it's actually... It's actually it's a actually bell le- smash? It's actually left me... It's actually left me feeling empty. Like, need in need of nutrients. I've spilt so much... Of myself onto the floor. Like going to the minibar where I pulled out all the bottles just a bit in two. <laughs> just <laughs> smashing, through a, smashing through an eight, eight pound jar of cashews just to <laughs> top up your energy because you've had such a session <laughs> ripping the head off of it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you ate it cold. cold. Yeah, but I, no, I had it cold and then I had it hot the next day. So I, had, yeah. I had two of them, so I had one cold. I couldn't wait to eat. I just couldn't wait. And uh, oh man, sometimes late at night I just think about that curry. Mm. Yeah. So that so anyway, shout out to Mugly Charcoal Pit. The best I, re- may, I reckon possibly the best lime pickle I've ever had. Wow. That's a shout. Wow. I know. I know. How were the nons? Uh nons were great. Uh, Poppadoms were incredible. The, the thing they did okra fries, bro. You know, okra. Oh, wow. Okra fries. Just in Have they got a uh, like a zucchini kind of vibe to them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, that's exciting. That's oh, exciting. Proper, proper exciting. So I, anyway. I, I want to end up in Manchester soon so I can just go in there and just shake them by the hand and say, I'm Romesh's friend, his best yeah, friend. Or just go there deliberately. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to You don't have to wash up there. No, I could just walk in, probably take my mate Stan with me, walk in, oh. shake him by the hand and go, I'm, this is Stan, I'm Tom. Um, uh, Why don't you give some context to this? Your personal trainer's called Stan and he lives in Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. knows what the fuck you're talking right, yeah, about. Yeah, so Stan lives in Manchester. I, I, know, I, know that we do this, I know that we do this as a relaxed chat style. <laughs> But you do have to give some sort of fucking concession to the people that are listening. Right, sorry. I'll probably turn up with Stan. Oh, okay, yeah, everyone knows what you're talking about. I've talked about Stan a fair bit. Right, so Stan yeah. is my personal trainer who lives in Manchester. We have uh, a sort of arrangement where he trains me via FaceTime. We have done now it's too. Now it's too much. Now okay. it's too much. We probably now rock up. Too much Stan outside, we go, oh, fucking hell, I'm looking forward to this, mate. If Ramesh says it's good. I said, this is going to be amazing. Is he a scouser? <laughs> he does accents. Um is he constantly doing an, is he constantly doing accents? Different accents. But, so we'd have to tread carefully in there. Um, we yeah. have, <laughs> could have some more popper up. Oh, fucking hell, Stan. So we go the worst time you could have done. Sorry, go on. I'd shake the man by the hand, look him straight in the eye and say, I'm Romish's friend, Tom. I believe he's probably mentioned me. Yeah. I would sit down and say that Romish said, I go, lion pickle, poppadoms, um, none, and then just bring me a smorkers board of other delights that you would, yeah. that you think would every, satisfy. Me. Every single thing I had was delicious. Like, wow. And you know, sometimes you can go to an Indian restaurant. I don't want to, sl- I'm not trying to slag off Indian restaurants. Indian restaurants, we talked about this a lot, I'm up there with my favourite food. I, I, some, I, I, some... I want to say, I don't think that they can, I don't think that anything compares to them for, I think percentage wise, you're more likely to get a bad any other kind of restaurant than Indian restaurant. I, I would agree with that. I, I do think Indian restaurants, the only weakness in an Indian restaurant is the desserts. Desserts are a... My local one. I think we've said, I think we talked to My local one does a Ferrero Rocher. He's upped his game recently. He does a Ferrero Rocher and an ice cream. So it's like an oh, ice cream cool. bowl with a Ferrero Rocher. And that's very traditional Indian as well. Huh? So that's that, very traditional Indian <laughs> that as well. So that sounds good. Um, but, um, you know, sometimes when you go to a curry house, it's like, it's like variations of the same kind of yeah, taste. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's still nice, but this place, everything was individual. It was so good. Wow. Shout out, Mugly. Did you meet the chef? No, actually, um, th- that's the other thing I was going to say to you. 
first of all, I'm sorry I didn't mention you. And secondly, they had no idea. I didn't tell them even. They didn't recognise me and I wow. didn't tell them. In a way, that so, must have been nice for you. Uh, you know, it sort of made very little This is probably not what happened. But in a way, I've just got this idea of you just sort of like, right. <laughs> you, you, you've been like, you've had this amazing gig. Yeah. Uh, were you with um, your tour manager? I was with tour manager, uh, Grazio. I was yeah. with uh, the, our sound tech on the tour, Dennis. And I was with uh, DJ Martin Tusmoo. Legend of the game, Martin Tusmoo. Shout out. But I can imagine you just like in the mirror before like you go there and you just sort of staring in the mirror. You put on like a really nice shirt and you're just slicking back your hair and you're like, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to smash a curry at night, boys. <laughs> Uh, we had to go straight. It's always a bit of a panic having a curry after the tour show because we basically had to go straight from we go straight from the tour show. Yeah, yeah. And when you're looking, you're sort of at a race against time. The number of times we turned up to restaurants and they just look absolutely was fucking many, furious. Many drunks in there. No, no. Do you know what it was like? That's what you'll be careful of at that time. Or not. The, the, the truth is, at the curry mile, the time that we went, I think Dennis and Gratz were the only non-brown people on the whole curry mile. From what I can oh, see. Wow. wow. And Dennis is Spanish, so he's he's on the edges of it. Shout Actually, Gracias Maltese. So, um, anyway, so I had that curry, and then the next day, which, which I suspect is what you're going to get annoyed about, is I went to watch uh, Manchester United take on uh, West Ham yeah. United uh, Old, at Trafford, Old Trafford Theatre of Dreams. Yeah. yeah. So, what's your problem? What's is no, this I've, where the great? I've just I've seen a picture of you online that's doing the rounds of you. <laughs> uh... <laughs> You, you're, you're lurking around in the West Ham. I know end. what you're talking. I know what you're talking about. No, not, no first, no. I want lurking around the West Ham end, right? What happened was, but by the way, first of all, Man United, the experience of going to Man United. Yeah, I've been. It's an amazing stadium. Right? So sick. What? A, I had a great day, man. It's it incredible. Really I've been a few times corporate with them, and they really look after you, right? Mate, mate. I don't look. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to fucking play big dick John here, but um. I've played at Old Trafford as well, so it's all great. So what was? That? Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that was that was right. good. That th- is that that thing where everyone pretends to be doing it for a better cause? <laughs> yeah, no, they're only doing actually you they're doing it actually to have a great experience themselves. Is that the one you're talking about? <laughs> Mate, I was there for the cause and also for my own cause of trying to get a place in a football team. But anyway, yeah, digress. Anyway, uh, the, the 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 I don't want to sort of st- start to sound all fucking he's lost touch or whatever. But the the hospitality at Man United was insane. Lovely. Insane. Anyway, as the game finishes, I'm walking out and a guy says to me, uh, Romesh, can my daughter have a photo with you? Yeah. So I walk over, I do the photo. Um, and I guess I was like, at that point where I took the photo, I was slightly nervous about getting to the tour show on time because we got carried away and then, then suddenly think, shit, we've got to get back to the hotel, then to, to Stockport. Do you know what I mean? It's just a bit of a... We hadn't really, I hadn't really figured it out before we... Squeaky bum time. Squeaky, Squeaky bum time, exactly right. And then the other issue, which is, I'm not sounding like I don't like to see people, but you, there's no stage door. The stage door at Stockport Plaza is next to the front door of Stockport Plaza. Yeah, I got you. So, you know, what I don't want is people to be coming into the show and then it looks like I've just rocked up like Big Dick John, <laughs> to, to, quote, to quote a friend of mine. Uh, so anyway, I take the photo and then... This is what I think you're about yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So the guy tags me in the photo on Instagram, and he basically says, <laughs> uh... <laughs> 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 "He basically says, this guy, so much respect for this guy, West Ham through and through, just after he's seen his team get uh, uh, lose in the last minute, still had the decency to take a photo of my daughter, got even more respect for him. Like, massive love for this guy. This and, guy, um, right? I mean, he's put that up and that's that's been sent to me a couple of times now from West Ham like, fans. Who, is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> people know you're, everyone knows you're a fucking Arsenal fan. <laughs> no, but also it's not even, it's not even a word. It's not like, oh yeah, oh, Romesh Ranganathan is like a West Ham. He's like, this guy's West Ham through and through. I know, I know, I know. I know. Like, what is it? It's like, it's something like, this kid is West Ham through and through or something like that. Like, genuinely, right? I've known you for a long time. When you're talking about Arsenal, I think even at a push, you'd have to really push it to say you're Arsenal. I know you're a massive fan, but you, you, you're, you're not like where I go, oh, he's so passionate about it. You're not like one of those people who, <laughs> like, you know, 
like the way he's described you is like he's walked walked over, guys. All right to get a picture of my door, and you've gone. Yeah, all right, man. But fucking hell, what a result! I feel like yeah. fucking crying, man. Yeah, yeah. A minute away from a point at Old Trafford, bro. No. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, um, God, sorry, Stockport. Not gonna be able to do that show after that. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, that, 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 I'll tell you now, right? You're incredible when it comes to people asking for photos. You are amazing, and and you give everyone time of day. But for him to like, for him to sort of walk away from that fucking meeting, going bloody hell, he fucking he almost talks about West Ham more than I bloody did. <laughs> By the way, this story is taking way too long. I apologise. Anyway, I, I'm just going to rattle through this because. I'm starting to take too long. I like it. I like it. I like it when you. I like it when you ride the ball and I can just watch you. Well, a couple of things that I just want to talk about. First thing, when it did the second Stockport show, the second audience were just as good as the. I I love Stockport. Sometimes when you go, there's two things we can obtain from you. Like this, you're a massive West Ham fan and you love Stockport. (laughs) No, but you know that sometimes when you're on tour, you know know we've been doing this podcast for a year. And some pretty yeah. fucking amazing shit's happened to you. I don't think there's been anything more passionate you've spoken about in that time <laughs> than Stockport and this fucking West Ham. No, and Man United and no, West Ham. No, Never listen. have we had this from you. No, listen, listen. You're sitting there grinning like a Cheshire cat who's just found, just found a bowl of whiskers with a fucking saucer of milk by it. What makes Ramesh happy? Stockport and go and uh, watch the two teams no, you could go listen, shit about. listen, listen. I've been doing the Apollo shows and I've loved those, yeah, right? Yeah. But I, this is my first weekend on the road for like two years because of the tour got put yeah, I mean, the audiences were great. So, you know. Anyway, after the tour show, yeah. Martin says to me, Martin had as a double up, right? He was doing a club. He's doing a, uh, he was doing a, a set at Cirque in Manchester, right? Wow, wow. And Martin goes... Very cool club. Ma- Very cool yes. club. Hip crowd. So Martin comes, says to me, why don't you come down a bit later? So I went back to the hotel... And I'm going to be honest with you. Sort of... Literally, like, this is like another person I'm doing a podcast with. <laughs> that fucking guy. What, do you, what, do, what did I do this weekend? Um, I watched some UFC while I was taking care of my, like, fucking five weeks. Like, I feel so boring. You're like, oh, you fucking smashed a fucking football game, got in with the West Ham firm, uh, and then fucking just, yeah, this sort of night out of fucking Circuit Manchester with my pal was fucking DJing. No, but this, this is the thing, though, Tom, right? Hit me. So M- Martin said to me, because um, obviously there's like, I, I, I don't, I'm on tour and I'm filming and I don't want to get COVID, right? Yeah, so, yeah, of course. so, so, th- let, let so me actually, say, it's no riding the park, I've had it, I'm over it, but yo. Yeah. But so going to a club is probably a bad idea. So I said to, I said to, I said to Martin, Martin said to me, look, we've hooked it up and there's like a little bit of a section, we'll put you to one side, right? So I was like, okay. So what are you doing that for? What are you, what are you so you've got a roped off area in Cirque. Not roped off, but it's just like tucked away by the DJ booth. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Oh, the prize position of any... <laughs> that was a dream of all of us throughout the whole night. Like, pretty much from the age of fucking... From the moment we stepped foot in a nightclub and you saw a couple of wankers standing by the DJ box, you were like, one day. Do you know what? I'm starting me. to... I'm st- I am actually starting to think this just sounds like a fucking guy showing off. <laughs> anyway... He's the- wearing a pair of white skinny jeans. Yeah, I feel like I've just like you know I've had my first I've had my first really fun weekend after the divorce. <laughs> just like can't yeah, stop fucking, fucking dri- raving dri- about Drive the new fucking whip up to Manchester. <laughs> so now, um, all my know, mates are like eighteen to about twenty five. Yeah, now honestly, great gang, and they were like they were saying actually it's weird because even though you're in your forties, we see you as in your twenties. So <laughs> just mad. <laughs> Yeah, sort of them all. Obviously, none of them live in Manchester, so I just like got fucking eight rooms in the Gotham Hotel. <laughs> no, but you know cool. what? They, they both hung, all hung out of mine anyway. So, <laughs> um, actually, weird one is um, they, they all wanted to go home before I did. <laughs> I was saying to them, "Come on, what are you talking about? Let's go. Where's the after party?" <laughs> Sad loser who's like they're all just chatting to girls of their own age, and you're just looking there <laughs> behind them. You're oh, like, "Yeah, right. now I've got the roped off area over there. If yeah. you want to come over and have a drink." Do you know what, man? I actually felt a bit like my like. Thanks to Martin for, and I did have a good time, but I, I felt like a, there were moments when I felt like a bit of a fucking. Did I just you... felt like su- I was such an old prick, and like a lot of it, I was sat just like chilling, and like I felt like I looked a bit tragic for 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 long sections of the evening. <laughs> I would say, do you know what I mean? I, I do I, think that's a fair assessment like, of how I look. Frying the wall, guys. Yeah, I don't. I'd have to toss up between you talking to a fucking West Ham fan about West Ham and somehow fucking convincing him you're 
But I think I, if I had the choice, it would be sitting watching you at Cirque in Manchester. <laughs> did they give you free booze? Did you have like? With, did you have the um, firework, the, the sprinkler coming out of like? No, but that happened. I didn't know. I didn't know. How do you know about that? I was. Oh, t- it took me I've, by surprise. I've been about before. Well, they did it to your table. No, but like they had like they had like. I guess it's part of the theme of Cirque. They had like dances and shit in the middle of the. Yeah, yeah. Not and yeah. shit. They had dances in the middle of the thing. It's an incredible and, club. I've been there. I've been there. It's, mate, it's insane. Yeah, it's a brilliant club. It's insane. It's, it's, but it's... I felt like. This is what I felt like. I was ruining the night for people in there. Not by me talking to them because I didn't really talk to anyone. But you walk through a club and you think, you know, imagine like you're in your pomp, you yeah. know, on a night out in Manchester and you think, I'm in a real cool, exclusive place. And you look across. And you see this fat old dad of three just sat there with fucking Jordans on trying to desperately what cling on to some... What were you wearing? What were you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> Please, I'd love it if you were wearing do you know, No, do you know what? Do you know what the thing is? I, I was dressed all right. Like, not, you listen, always dressed all right. Dre- you always look good. Sure, but I wasn't dressed to go to the club. But I had trainers and jeans and shirt on. But do you know what the biggest thing yeah, was? Yeah, but you know what? It's like that's people would think you're cooler because you're, underestim- you're understated. Sure, but the problem is, Tom. Any jewelry? Is that I've I've got a, no no jewelry. I had to took the wedding ring off, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I, had, <laughs> I had to. Um, I had to. I've got. I've got basically because in this film thing that I'm filming, I've got to be like this guy that's going through like a, a fucking tough time of it. I have to have the, like Ben Green, the director's got me to have like he wants me to have my hair like I'm going through like a fucking breakdown or whatever, right? So. I'm not allowed to get a fresh trim. So I've just got this like mad, like Uncle Barnet. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you want so. big, big hair? Just massive, yeah. It's just huge. Couldn't you, and you can't wear a cap in nightclubs. So it's like a no, international you can't. Role, and then I tried it? to, just before I went down there, really tragic, just putting wax in it, trying to tame it in different ways. Oh, God. I, I, it's very rare, isn't it? I can tell you, can tell you when you're low, when you feel embarrassed, but you're on your own in a room. <laughs> You actually managed to embarrass yourself. But nobody else is there. I just wish I'd seen you in Cirque. <laughs> like, I, when I say I, I've been there, I went there, and I I was queuing up and like excited to get in there. I didn't have my own fucking area by the DJ booth, knowing the okay, DJ. L- well. No, but this is not because of who I. It's because Martin's a fucking yeah, no, no, top yeah, yeah, geezer, yeah, I you, right? yeah, yeah. Martin's a legend. Martin's a legend. Um, did, let, did you dance at all? Mm, I did a bit. Yeah. Man, I hope someone filmed. Can, right. can I show? You, can I show you the dance I did? I, I know this is a podcast, but it's the um, it's the it's oh. the drink in one hand, right? And then just the not trying to commit too much, just the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just look around. Look oh, you up did that one. That shit, yeah. You know what that. my special move used to be? Gone. Used to get like a WKD or like a fucking Bacardi Breezer, and I used to put it in my mouth. Hands used to go back, and then I used to down it like that. Used to do like four or five of those, like a seal. Yeah, in the middle of the dance floor. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must have been a big move. Oh, fuck off, you did that. Did you really? Big Willie style on, innit? You're jiggy oh. with it. I remember once going to something, buying a bottle of champagne and just drinking out of the bottle in the middle. I, yeah, but there's, I put a picture up of me and you doing that very thing at Afro and Rupert's wedding. We're walking did we through, do that? We're walking through Hackney drinking out of... Um, well, Rupert's, No, we didn't. Shout out Rupert, that. like a G and one of our... Fr- but it was like organic it's wine. Out. It's Rupert's films out, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we should chat out, by the way. It's incredible. Yeah. It was Rupert, an amazing Rupert. short film. But the talent yeah. in it, David Earl, for me, is one of the best character actors this country's ever seen. Like, genuinely, I've, I've been in awe of David. Um, I love David. Oh, he's, he's incredible. Great. It's called Brian and Charles. And Chris, shout out Chris Hayward as well, because he is an amazing writer, script writer, but... Yeah, Brian and Charles. I think it's it's an incredible piece of work. It's like and and like Chris Hayward came and did a day on King Gary, but I've known Chris, I've known both for a long time. But fuck me, man, Chris is one. He's a funny, funny fucker, man. He's like and so so talented, like unreally mm. talented for me. So let me mm. shout those two out. Give them my yeah. blessings, my joy, and to Rupert Majendi, I love you and all of your insides and outsides. Um. Okay. Uh, but anyway, what were we took? What the fuck? What were we talking, we were talking about? about uh, yeah, we were walking through Hackney when he got married, and we had uh, on his wedding day. And we yeah, had organic um, wine, and we were drinking it out of the bottle. <sighs> and someone took a picture of us, and I thought it looked a really cool picture. And then yeah, I'm a bit dis- I'm a bit disappointed in us for that. I'm gonna yeah. be. I'm just gonna call that now. That's that's bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, that was my. Sorry, everybody, if that went on too long. You know, actually, not to keep bigging at you up. For coolness, I read something there over the last couple of weeks. I've been meaning to bring up with you. What? You know who I think, by the sounds of things, you get on really, really well with? Leonardo DiCaprio. 
Have you seen this thing he does? No, what is it? Well, he, no, like genuinely, I know that it's shocked me. He's obsessed with Star Wars, like you are. So he basically invites people around to his house and insists Tom, they watch Tom, Star Tom, Wars. What? Tom, 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 Tom. <laughs> Can you stop talking about my interest in Star Wars like it's some sort of niche thing? You know, it's like you know, it's like probably the biggest film franchise of all time. No, no, but when I read it. And then you talk about it like I've got some sort of fucking like 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 S and M like interest. Oh, like, you and Leonardo both into gimp masks, aren't you? It's Star Wars. No, but like it's he, fucking like, Star Wars, mate. I've not it's seen massive. anyone with that obsession for it, like you and him. I'm not okay. This is another example of you saying things. You present things like they're fact, and people don't know that you're exaggerating. Okay? No, right. Look me in the eye right now, right. And yeah. say that you don't love Star Wars with all your all your heart. I love, I do love Star Wars. Yes, I do love yeah, Star yeah. Wars. And like that's Leonardo. So when Jonah Hill, I think quite a few of the other like people have been in that um, new film he's done. Mm. Were like, oh yeah, but he'd go, you go around and he'd like be, oh let's watch the Mandalorian. No God, Mandalorian. Right, we're going to watch the Mandalorian. And then, and people were too. The thing about it, right? And this is what worries me about you, is that because the obsession's clearly there with Leo, right? But he's also got power and obsession, right? So he people felt they had to sit and watch it with him. So apparently, Joni Hill had to like four or five episodes. Yeah, that, I mean that is. Um, I suppose that, I, that, I'd I, probably I think... be more like Joni Hill, and you'd be like Leonardo in a way. Okay, well done. Um, I wonder if like being a film star at that level, like Leonardo DiCaprio, has been so revered, and he's obviously he's got both. He's got loads of money. Yeah. He's really good looking, and also people think he's fucking amazing. And also craft. makes all the right choices. Yeah, so it's not even like this is a guy who's thinking, oh, I wish I had like actual like respect, because he does. Everybody thinks he's great. If you Except look at, for... He's not made one stinker of a film. No, I guess not. Has he? I can't, I can't think, think of that. one stinker he's made. I don't think he has. Do you know that? Do you know Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? You didn't like it. No, hold on. Do you know the bit where he's in the Western? Yeah. And he acts his arse off? yeah. Like in that scene, incredible, that yeah. is one of the most incredible pieces of acting I've seen in God knows how. It was he, mad. He's an amazing film, but I think Brad Pitt wow. just Brad Pitt's Brad Pitt's sick man, so good. Picture birth. Um, anyway, uh, what well, I, 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 I'm so hungover from this party. Oh well, yeah, you've been at that crazy. Literally, like it's crazy. It's like cray, 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 cray weekend. It's literally, you've got to a point now where you're like the party animal of the podcast world. I ain't going to go out for a long time now. You're like the 50 you know. cent of the part world, part of podcast world. I'm like the 50-year-old of the fucking club world, mate. I just, I just love the idea of you just like fucking hitting up like fucking you go to the box once a month now. <laughs> you ever been to that place? I, I did a gig there. Really? The first time I met I, The first time I met Idris Elba was at, that, was at the box. Oh, man. You just stand up there. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine what that was like? Awful. I got yeah. thrown out of there for like I, I was in there with a um, friend of mine, and we drank loads of champagne off the East Enders table. And we got thrown out. Mm. Imagine that! Imagine going up and poncing off the East Enders table. <laughs> we didn't have Jesus, any money. It was one of those things where you get invited Christ. to, and you, we were absolutely skinned. And it's you know, the industry. And I bet you start making funny jokes. Oh, you remember me? Don't you? I run the toy stall on Albert Square. <laughs> <laughs> What's the guy who used to have the fruit and vegetable? <laughs> I, I can't remember. Oh, fucking hell. I'd love to be... Whatever his name was. Just flagging I'm his like, boy, ain't I? Yeah. I remember we did that once. Me and a few mates, like, years and years ago, managed to get to the PFA Awards after party. I think one of my mates was a, was a photographer, and so he managed to sort us out tickets. Uh, and we all... It's so pathetic. We all put our best suits on, which are all shit... Like, so much shitter than what everybody was wearing. Trousers don't fit properly, kind of... Fabric going over the front of the shoe. I love the fact so that, like, like, for most of my life, and it's still now to a point, just putting on a suit, I think, makes me look smart. And then I look at oh, someone so... who wears a suit well. Like, somebody <laughs> wears a suit well, and it looks like it's like... Jamie does that. Like, to, to, it, most footballers can wear any... Like, a, like mm. I always think, oh, I look good because I'm wearing a suit. And I, there's a picture of me somewhere where like, we won an award uh, for Murder and Successful, and genuinely my stomach is hanging out the bottom of my waistcoat. It's mm. And I'm picking up an award. It look- do, you know, do, you know, do you know what I have with the waistcoat? Because like, so, I, I, every now and again I do a corporate gig. Yeah. And so I've got a three-piece because I hate the way my gut hangs over the, yeah, you know, yeah. in the shirt, right? And I, I put on, I put on the, I put it on for a while and obviously put on a bit of weight. 
and where the buttons were straining to like to, to, to hold the waistcoat together. I basically had griddle marks across my body. Do you know where like the <laughs> the waistcoat was sort of straining? It was like a set of like a hot cross bun. <laughs> and then I just sort of walked out feeling so uncomfortable. I mean, corporate gigs are difficult enough as they are without you worrying that you're going to blind someone in the front row with a <laughs> yeah, button pinging off your waistcoat. Like, when you, but when you look at yourself in the mirror, right, before you go out and you're in your suit, you think, I look good. I feel good yeah. in my suit. Oh, and then you walk out into the sort of world where everyone's wearing suits and you're like, oh no, that's how they're going to look. Yeah, it's- 100%. It's like, Jay, we did a thing that never, we, we, it never ended up making the show. We did a thing for League of Home where Jamie, uh, Jamie was in a, a tuxedo. Oh. And honestly, I would have, I would have slept with him. He's incredible. Like, in that moment. If he'd, have said, if he'd have said, Romish, after filming, do you want to go to Smash Town? It's... I, I would have fucking... I wouldn't even bought a return ticket. Single, please. I want to stay there. <laughs> I've been to so many of those fucking industry do's where you look at people and you're like, that one we went to. I mean, that one we went to, no one told me it was a suit and tie. You wore a suit. I, I genuinely was wearing a fucking Mate, hoodie. It was wicked. Yeah, but... I, I thought you looked wicked because it, it just looks like you sort of don't give a shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I, I massively do care, but... <laughs> How's, listen, how's fatherhood? Loving it, man. It's good because I'm back with them now. So I had like six yeah, days. Yeah, so you've been released from your... Yeah, imprisonment. like eight days of... Seven days, sorry, of like fucking isolation. And then come back. But then it's weird because like, I had like three fucking negatives and you get a few like positives. And so we, I've been speaking to um, experts about it. But it's like it's mad that you, you're, you're not infectious now. But like it, it will keep showing. It can keep potentially showing fucking positive, and it's mate. This thing's insane, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But have you had? Have you? You haven't had it yet, have you? No, as far as I know, I haven't. But but I will do, won't I? So Everyone's gonna have I it. Mean, it's like what what happens? What happens? Um, okay, uh, when 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 the regulations get lifted, is it Thursday? It's it's going yeah, to yeah, yeah. disappear. So right? then it goes down to five days, and then if you have a lateral flow, it's. But then, oh yeah, but then I think people aren't going to be wearing masks. It's just basically what they're doing is just hurt community and the shit, right? They're just going to, that's what that, uh, that's what I think is happening now. I think it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, they're just resigned to the fact everyone's going to get it. Like, you know, symptoms aren't, fingers crossed, aren't too bad. I think it's more just the fact that, you know, our industry can be hit by the fact that you can't film. Like, if, if, if you've, yeah. you know, so people can't go into work. I think for the most part, I think it's just now... It looks like they just. I mean, who knows what they're fucking planning? Like, I know. Yeah, I mean, who knows, good, I, yeah, I know you're a massive Boris fan, should, so I don't. Well, mind. you know, I've, as you know, I've, I've, I've been, I've really been pushing for this podcast to move into more political territories, you know, because I love talking about that. Stuff. <laughs> just because you're the like the one big famous Boris fan. <laughs> I still think he's fucking hilarious, guys. Yeah, just guys. Listen, I know there's some been some fuck ups, but it's it's you can't deny it's entertaining. Go, go please, go, go. Just please go and watch him on that zip line again. Yeah, he's uh, fucking funny, the guy. Um, um, right, do you want to do some emails? Yeah, it'd be nice, boy. That'd be nice. Although, I d- d- is it good good time to do emails? Because I feel like we just monologued about what I've been up to. We haven't really delved into what the wolf's been up to. You so. know what? The wolf has been in isolation and just being far- being a father. So it's, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, you know, it's my, my, man, like, you know what? It's like... I remember following you in the uh, in the clubs back back in the day, man. It was hard to follow you then, but you know, you like sitting here. You got a big fat cigar. You're fucking living life like you're fucking <laughs> like you're Pete Davidson or some shit like that. And you're like, <laughs> Have you, do you follow DJ Khaled on Instagram? Yeah, I fucking love him. He did a picture of an owl, uh, which I thought was amazing for you. Oh, yeah, of course you tagged me in it, yeah, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, he's one of my favourite people to follow. I love his energy. Do you love his energy? Yeah, man. I think he seems okay. Yeah, but a lot of it... Okay, okay, listen. I do like his energy, and, and all, I'm a massive Kanye fan. I yeah, know yeah. that Kanye has his detractors, but I just think he's amazing. And um, But he dresses terribly. You know, that that is... There's no denying that. So, yeah. But there's loads of photos and videos. They've obviously done... They've done... Not obviously. They've done a record together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Khaled has been posting about it all weekend, and Kanye's been going around there. And I like all that. I actually like all that. It sort of gets you excited and hyped up or whatever. Two, th- two observations about DJ Khaled's Instagram, right? Yeah. One, 
Why does that guy have to do an unveil on all of these exclusive trainers he gets every single time he gets? Yeah, it? I mean, it's he's just, got some incredible amount of trainers, right? He's got, he's obviously... And they're all gifted as well, I imagine. All of these guys are being gifted with these Louis Vuitton yeah. Nikes, right? Yeah. So they're all... And the other thing is, he seems to have a private chef. I mean, he's got loads of money, isn't he? He's got a private chef like three times a day, every day, it seems to be. But that, that probably doesn't cost as much as you'd think, like... You reckon? That's probably yeah. I mean, I, how far how far away are you from private chef? Mate, I'm, I'm probably fucking yeah. I'm a long way. I, I'm like you. I I think for for me to get to that level, I'd have to add like you, Catherine, Rob Beckett, Rob Brydon, uh, most comedians all together in a package, and that that's how much money you'd need to have a private chef three times a day. You're not making that money out of comedy in this country. No, like no, as hard not. and look, look, yeah, as hard as both of us work. You know, you might be able to get someone who can come and cook a little bit for you, maybe once, twice a week, but fucking, yeah. yeah. If, we, if we'd have got, listen, the truth is we could have been there if we'd have managed to get this merchandise out on time, but we <laughs> fucked it. So now. Maybe if we said DJ Khaled, um, one of our uh, hoodies to wear. Oh, mate. I'm telling you, if, he, if if DJ Khaled, if we just said, look, saw the owl thing, thought you might like this, sent him a little wolf and owl. Should we try that? that? Should we try it? Mate, our, our sales would skyrocket. And you know what would be the best thing about it? We couldn't we couldn't honour any of the orders because... <laughs> <laughs> we spent like over £15,000 to get DJ Khaled wearing one of our fucking hoodies. But then the people that we order them from can't fucking get the shit together. We haven't got any grey ones left. <laughs> while, we're t- while we're talking about this, by the way, uh, can I say thank you to all of the people that have emailed in to, to offer their services to, yes. to take over this merch thing. And we are, Tom and I have been talking about, we are going to take somebody up on the offer. We haven't decided who yet, but... Um, also, we uh, have got um, the stuff that people have ordered, we have got coming coming to you. Just as a quick one, the any email that you send to the uh, the shop, it, it just sort of goes into a junk folder. It's not... So there's a lot of people sending now questions. Should you be telling, should you be telling people this? No, I'm saying that... It, yeah, people are sending a lot of questions and, and like what, for the podcast yeah so it, those just don't get read you, yeah if it comes through and it's about orders and stuff just yeah email I guess email the podcast um, okay. uh, if you haven't received your order because that's probably the way best way forward yeah okay uh, sorry about that alright so, so Robert can deal with it yeah yeah thanks yeah basically what Tom's saying is the emails go through to him and he can't be asked to read all that <laughs> shit so <laughs> Okay, uh, first email. This is from the Golden Retriever. Wow. Ollie. <laughs> wow, Ollie, yo. Yeah. Sweet Ollie. Uh, the Golden Retriever. Hello to the wolf, the eldest one, and the cat. Thank you for everything you guys do. I've always been a massive fan of your work, and this podcast has helped in ways you can't imagine. Thank you, especially for the swan, for being the backbone of this whole operation. Yeah, the swan. Now, my name is Ollie, and I'm a 29 year old animator and graphic designer. Um, Ollie, my second son, wants to be an animator. Wow. Can you email back and tell me how he does it? My email is a bit of a weird one in that I'm not actually taking and asking for advice. I couldn't sleep the other night, so I thought, what better use of my anxiety-ridden hamster wheel of a mind than to write a poem of how I discovered what is now my favourite podcast. Enjoy. You ready? Oh, yeah, man. Here, here. In a hotel in Cardiff on a two-night stay, it pissed down with rain. Still nice to get away. Shopping and exploring was what had ensued. We only went to get her passport renewed. This is where the magic happens. Fast forward, night two. We got in from shopping and I needed a poo. Looking around for some music to play, I stumbled upon your podcast and thought, yeah, okay. I was listening to the jokes and all the advice. Sweet souls and do you. This podcast was nice. (laughs) I then started laughing so much I could cry. It felt like a friend when Tom says my guy. All of this was interrupted by the sound of a knock. Girlfriend's at the door. Must think I'm pulling my cock. She said, what's going on? You've been in there a year. I said, I'm not wanking, I promise. Please do not fear. There's no need to shout and no need to howl. I'm with my two new friends, the wolf Ooh, and the owl. My guy. I, you know, the only thing I'd say about that what? is like just the reading of it felt like it, it was like a kid's poem. Like it was like, like, I think it needed more McKellen kind of vibes. What's McKellen? With my of? new two friends. Oh, let me try this. The again. wolf and the owl. Okay, hold on. You've got to really get that. In a hotel in Cardiff, on a two-night... Let me just do the last couple of lines. All of this was interrupted by the sound of a knock. Girlfriends at the door must think I'm pulling my cock. Too aggressive, too aggressive. Girlfriends at the door, she must think I'm pulling my cock. Okay, fine. She said, what's going on? You've been in there a year. I said, I'm not wanking, I promise. 
Please do not fear. There's no need to shout and no need to howl. I'm with my two new friends, the wolf, the wolf and, the owl. and the owl. Lovely. See? Thank you. You actually, I actually think you gave me some good advice there. Yeah. Um, what a lovely poem. That was a great poem. Thank you very much. And do you thank know you what? Also- I just feel like Ollie, right, has yeah. crept up my butthole and lit in a fire of love inside of me. Yeah, he definitely has crept in your, crept in your butt all there because he's he's mentioned three things specifically from the podcast and they're all things that you fucking say. <laughs> no, but like, what a guy! What? Yeah. Like, so he's I, taking the time to do that. Yeah, guys, if you can if you can do us a favor, if you listen to this and you enjoyed that poem, basically send us a torch that we can give to Wally so we can <laughs> switch it on to get him some light to crawl his way back out of Tom's arsehole. That'd be great. Thank. And you. also, guys, any poems or like. Like short stories that you've got, email into the podcast, normal podcast <laughs> details about, yeah, there has to be something about, like, you know, what we're doing here. But um, yeah. I don't even know what we're doing here. But guys, uh, wow, what a moment. What, like, yeah, the thank first. Thank you, Ollie. Thank, thank you, you, Ollie. What a first, first bit of art. And also, Ollie, animation wise, shout us because we might be able to collab with some Anna, Annie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by collab, we mean, can you do something for us? We've got nothing to offer you. That's what we mean. <laughs> well, we've collab. already given him something. Yeah, sure. The gift of um, friendship. Okay. Actually, the gift of friendship is the most valuable thing in the world. So, yo, break me off a little bit. Have some, have some ice. Okay. This is from The Mole. Dear Wolf Allen Swan, in episode 52 of the pod, Rom talked about his embarrassment at being cornered of the, on a call with big wolf movie execs, big wig movie execs, looking for a MacGuffin idea for their blockbuster. Listeners might remember Romish being mortified at spilling out a plot about a villain having a computer software virus that would take down the world's computers. He seemed to think the execs dismissed the idea as ridiculous and thought that he might have burned a bridge with Idris. Imagine my amusement of reading this week's review of 355, the 355, which describes the plot exactly as per Romish's idea. My question is, does this vindicate Romish's expertise? Goes beyond comedy and he can spin a blockbuster quality MacGuffin idea. Or should he stick to comedy? If Me Too were a production company, we'd be proud to have made the 355, said Brian Viner in the Daily Mail. A baddie has got hold of a fiendish piece of software with the power to hobble financial markets and bring down power grids. Wow. <laughs> and it fools some maverick CIA agent, Mace, and an all-female team of spies. Who play, who play, who's, who's the lead in it? Uh, Diane Kruger, Lapita Nyong'o, Fari Bingbing, and Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz, man. Wow. Uh, like, so there so you go. That also, mate. Because you know what that could be, idea. That theft. could be they've taken my yeah. They've taken my idea. Yeah, you know that you're there on that call and you think you're being an absolute toe punt, right? And you've like yeah. fucking like you're losing them as they're doing mm. it. Someone's looking at it like his friend and going, "Hey, give Penelope Cruz a call." I think yeah, that's we got why, that's why they went quiet. Yeah, and, and and let's not get in touch with them again because otherwise you'll think he's got some sort of ownership of this. Mate, I tell you, like if that movie smashes it and wins an Oscar, I mean, mm. an Oscar now. It doesn't look like it will because he got two stars in this review. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, it, you so can't even say now, like straight to straight to. Oh, that's got straight to video because everything just goes straight to video. I know. Well, not actually. The truth is, nothing goes straight to video. No, everything goes not, straight to streaming. Like, yeah, but it's not a slam if you. Oh, that's going straight to streaming because it's like yeah, that's going straight to Netflix. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. That means I've got to go in cinema and watch it. <laughs> Relax and watch that at home. Yeah, that's incredible though. That that, that yeah, that, that idea of you. I, I actually at the time remember thinking it wasn't a bad idea. No, you didn't. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> your your arsehole almost com- like permanently sealed up when I told you that. I mean, yeah, but I didn't. I mean, I didn't know that Penelope Cruz would like it. God, I mean, that's mad to think that that was pitched to her and she fucking went with it. How much do you want to be a film star, Tom, out of 10? Uh, I mean, I know you're in a film at the moment, but just out of interest, huh? Oh, well, films is, films are saying the massive that interests me. I love okay. I love the thing of shooting a movie. It's a fucking incredible. Okay. So but you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Crank the brake. Fucking just let's, let's fucking pull up in a lay-by. Let me look at you in the eye. You're in the fucking new Chicken Run movie, dude, and you get that fucking quiet. Oh, yeah. You kept that. Well, one. Well, no, oh, it. yeah. Yes, no, that's one of the greatest. I, 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 mate, that's genuinely one of my favourite ever fucking movies. Chicken Run 1 is incredible. Like, you, you, you know, Chicken Run 2. Fucking hell, man. Yeah. No, I know. It's, it's very exciting, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I uh, It's great. Yeah, yeah I'm really fucking happy. disgusting. Sorry, I love what? you. What? You're more what? excited about going to fucking oh, no. Stockport than you are about oh, being in Chicken no. Run 2. Chicken Run 2 is fucking it's incredible. I I think, it's just it's incredible. I, 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 I am industry ex- would literally suck off Ardman to get in that film. Well, <laughs> I would say to those people, maybe you should have tried it. 
Because here I am in What's your part Hunter. like? What's your part? Is it a good part? I'm playing uh, one of the, you know, the two rats that. Um, yeah, yeah, Ricky Gervais. Oh, yeah. fuck. Ricky Gervais' old part. No, Ricky Gervais was never in Chicken Run. but um, I thought he was in Chicken Run as one of the rats. Uh, do you mean Timothy Spall? I thought Chicken Run. What one was Ricky uh, Gervais in? I swear he was in. Ricky Gervais was in The Office. I swear. And Derek. Um, Let me just check this out because mm, you okay. might have to eat some humble pie. Okay. Well, like, listen, why don't you get the humble pie in the oven? Uh, we'll decide if you're passing that on to me or tucking into it yourself. Timothy Spall, Magistrate. Let me just see. Felt for sure, fucking Ricky was in it. Mm. So basically, just to explain to you what he's doing, he's he's realised that. Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> this is annoying. <laughs> this is very annoying. What's the animation Ricky's in then? He is in something, isn't he? Is it Ricky yeah. Gervais? Is Ricky Gervais? This is really frustrating. I can't. I can't let this lie now. Is this just TV or is this TV? <laughs> this is literally the most boring part of the podcast so far. Well, you know what's funny about it? It's not even the most boring part of the podcast. <laughs> Simpsons, SpongeBob. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you doing? Okay, are you for... looking through every cartoon that's ever been made? No, I'm looking through Ricky's do... IMDb. Valiant. Oh, it's Valiant. He was in Valiant? Yeah. The Heart of World War Two. is about pigeons. Oh, I do know that. Yeah, my kids love that. Valiant. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. So, yo, that is not... So, is bird related in animation? Yeah, we can... We can we yeah, can, uh... so let's vindicate it a little. Humble pie can go back in the oven for another day. Well, That's... I would say in response to what you were saying about my response to chicken run, I'm slightly... I feel a little bit like I've been a bit cocky and a, a bit shit on this, you know, like a bit of a prick on this podcast. So then when you said about chicken run, I am obviously buzzing to be... Are you taking the boys to the premiere? Uh, probably. I'll tell you what I, what I am going to try and do. I'm going to try and take Alex, because you know Alex wants to be an animator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try that. and take him to, to Ardman and, and oh my see God. it all being put together. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It'd be yeah. wicked, man. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so, I really don't like this. I, I'm really, I, I don't like how I've been on this podcast. Well, Successful guys. Rom is one of our favourite Roms. No. We've had Red Bull Rom, now we've got Successful Rom. <laughs> this isn't Successful you're Rom. Like, right? You are this like is, DJ Khaled today. This is fortuitous Rom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best chicken run, baby. That's how we do. Ain't no other birds allowed in the building. Only chickens up in here. Is that your? Is that how your character talks? Yeah, I, it, they're really angry about it. Wow, I love that fucking vibe. Yeah. That's actually one really, of your my favourite voices. Like, they're you really fu- angry about it. They like, keep every time I've done a session, they've gone rummish. Just to reiterate, <laughs> this isn't the character. This couldn't be more wrong for what we want you to do. <laughs> Uh, and they go, can you give it another go? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I try. Chicken run, baby. Yep, we kinda, we in the we in the build. Mm. We kind of like your real voice. What this one? <laughs> really? <laughs> Do you know um, what I had a sort of a slightly panic about about with you doing my voice? Go on. I sort of uh, just off the back of chicken run because I know you're fucking great at voices. You're sick of voices. No, no, no. But not like you're next level. I, I, I am. Um, I started to have a panic that one day you were going to get to do something. That you had to do a voice, and, for, and just to just to fuck with me, you were going to make your character have your impression of me's voice, and then I'd have to I'd have to watch with you. You just come well, um. We what I'm going to say is, don't go and watch Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, Mister Wonka. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, uh, this is a slightly serious, more serious email. Okay. Um, but it's a nice one. Uh, this is from... Well, I'm going to keep it anonymous, but I do want to say thank you so much for this email. In. Hey, guys and Swan. Early last year, I wrote in and I needed some advice with a breakup. i just come out of a 12-year marriage and was finding it difficult getting over the breakup, being in dating sites and becoming a single mum of three. Your advice was to take time for myself, don't pressure myself into dating when the time isn't right, and that being 32, I was still young. I was listening to your recent podcast where Tom was saying it will pass and I want everyone out there to know who may be struggling with bad times that it absolutely does pass. I went through some awful moments with mental health but I was also told this would pass nearly a year on and I'm now happier than ever. Not on dating sites but actually getting out there, meeting people, enjoying life just as me and no longer have that feeling that to be happy you have to be in a relationship. So thank you for your advice and please, please take this show on tour. How lovely is that? Yeah, what an amazing moment. Someone who's so nice. grown as a person. 
you know. It's like, no, it's nice. It's just nice. Like, you know that thing about um, that favorite, favorite, famous old uh, adage or whatever it is about the uh, person who's like walking down the beach mm. and they turn around and one go... Of my, one of my favorite things about you, and I've got a lot of favorite things because I adore you, but one of my favorite things about you that you do is when you think you're about to be profound, when you look off to the right... <laughs> <laughs> As if you're about to fucking deliver a mic drop bit of like well, you, yeah, philosophy. You, you know that thing of like they look at someone's life over like footsteps in the sand and they're like, yeah, but when my life life was hardest, um, yeah. there's only one set of footsteps, mm, and they're like, yeah, because yeah. when that was me, I I put you on my back and I carried you through mm. your hardest times, right? I yeah. like the thought of like when people look at their feet footsteps in the sand, they go, oh man, like there's some wolf. Wolf like footprints next to it, and some like mm. little paw prints. Yeah, is that, is <laughs> yeah. And some little like, owl feet next to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose you'd be flying, wouldn't you? So it wouldn't really have like probably just be some owl droppings. Right? Yeah. And then you'd just be going, "Fucking hell, are you going to help carry this person or not?" <laughs> no, I'm, I'm quite happy to fly. I'll just, I'll just sympathise with my fear. I'm scared ahead to see if there's any more danger. <laughs> My fucking back's killing me. Got to at least fly ahead and get me a sandwich or something. There's no sandwich shops anywhere, have you seen? <laughs> it looks like a pretty cool nightclub over here. I think I'm on a DJ. Well, we had it to stop pull anyway. <laughs> Oh God! Um, wow. Lovely. Well, listen. Thank you so much for the email. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, really nice. I hope that at some point we can both see you. Just like, if, just do me a favor. If you ever see me and Rob in the street, just do like a really knowing nod, and we'll know who you are. And like, we can just nod back, and we'll know that you know it's you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Please do do that. Um, okay, hold on. I'm just. I've, we've got a few emails. Should we do one more? One more. Let's do one more sweet one. Uh, uh, before we get into this last email, I do want to say we gave a bit of advice to somebody. Do you remember um, the guy that said uh, he was in a he was in a Costa with his girlfriend, and the staff were getting abused? Oh and, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Shout yeah. out, my man. Yeah. And we said, yeah. So a couple of people have got in touch, and I do think they've got a valid point. A couple of people got in touch to say, can we encourage people if if a if a woman is being harassed or is being subjected to something horrible, that 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 men who are watching that happen should be, should be helpful to those. Because oh, yeah. we, we've had a couple of women email in and say, and I don't mean to sound this dismissive. It's just uh, uh, you know uh, we've had more than one actually. Like so, just saying that while they thought our advice was right, one of the things they said was, uh, you know, for example, one person has like said the number of times that I've been in a situation where I've been uncomfortable and other men haven't got involved to kind of help me out, um, you know, is numerous. So it's important for us to say, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Although we, you know, although that guy was with his girlfriend in Costa and he was trying not to get involved and he was trying to de-escalate it, obviously, if you're in a situation where somebody's been made to feel uncomfortable, whatever level it is, it is your duty, it is the right thing to, to get involved and try and sort that out. Well, I so, think, um, yeah, like trying to diffuse the situation rather than escalate it. I think the point was that within that email, he, he felt that he should have probably been more of an aggressor and be more yes. confrontational. Yeah. And I think the point is, it's that it's not going to do anyone any good if you go into that situation with an aggressive nature. I think I completely yeah. agree with anyone who's written in and said, like, you know, if, if you ever see a woman and... and yeah. been By the way, these people, these people were, the, the, these, these people that were in, they weren't having a, they genuinely were I don't know, no, but I, I think, you, I think, but to uh, any, it, you, those situations should, should try to be, you should try and defuse them. Anyway, shout yeah. out for anyone who's got in touch. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yo, 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 like a plant or a tree. This is all about growth. And sometimes you learn from us. Sometimes we learn from you. And yo, pass it along like a pass the parcel mm. because everybody has got a treat inside of them. Um, yeah, I mean, it got weirder as it went on. That um, it, just so you know, anybody that's just listened to what Tom said, can I just say if you are, if you have found yourself in a position where you've learnt something from us, I would suggest you you seek out actual professional help. Um, okay, last email. Uh, hello, Rom, Tom, and the Swan. 
Thank you so much for the podcast. It really helped me on my commute from Sussex to London each day. After I recently moved, so my wife could be nearer her family and a better quality of life for the kids. Absolute legend straight away. Sure. My question is around advice. I recently met my mate who I've known since school. After a few beers, he explained he was still not happy with his wife as they weren't having sex. As he has a stupidly high sex drive, she just wanted to sit on the sofa and there's a little banter between them. He loves her and the kids, but still felt he needed more sex. I gave my opinion that life is too short. You have to be happy. You shouldn't stay with someone just because you have kids. Weeks later, he called me to say that he'd been chucked out of the house as he got drunk and started sexting some girl and his wife found out. He's genuinely upset as he doesn't want his kids to have a broken home, but deep down, I think it's a release for him. I'm unsure if my advice was great. Maybe I should have said work on your marriage and sex isn't everything. Have you ever given advice you regretted or was horribly wrong? Also, any advice for my mate would be great as he's currently in limbo about fighting for the marriage. Um, Keep up the good work. Tom Uh, Davis. Yeah, I've handed out some advice. I can't think of anything specific at the moment, but that's, you know, that that hasn't maybe hit home. Maybe even last week's uh, the cost of coffee thing, maybe we didn't get absolutely nailed on. But um, in, in allude to your friend, I think... I, yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think your your advice. I think advice, unless you are a, profa- a paid professional, a, profa- a paid professional. I think advice is all it is is your opinion. It's not even necessarily advice, and you're just giving yours to him. I think in the situation he's in, um, I, I think he probably he probably there should have been some sort of conversation that he had with his his wife at the time. I think that. Because, you know, I, I agree. I think that, you know, sex is a massive part of a relationship. It's not everything, though. And I think that actually sort of like, you know, that sitting on a sofa and being at one together. And I think like, you know, I think like the time that me and Catherine are having, although stressful and tough and hard at times with a newborn, you know, it's straight away. It's like I, as soon as Grace was born, we like looked at each other and we're like, fucking hell, like, wow. Like this is like, it felt like something had grown between us. And there was a sort of like, uh, like you know our relationship had sort of got closer and i think that's the thing to so hopefully you can hold dear to but relationships are tough it's like we're, we're finding out now and i'm sure ron's probably got more expertise like it's a whole different entity that comes into you once you've got a child you're trying to sort of like make sure that your time's important you know and also you stay as the people you are and and, and that you, you you don't just become mum and dad you you stay true to who you are so i think you know, whilst I think like your friend's gone like on this sort of like, you know, mission to sort of like, you know, sexting people and, and I don't agree with that. I don't think that's right. I, I also think that there's, there's probably more to it than that. I think he's probably just a li- little bit lost. I think that that's, that's probably what's happened is that time moves on. Like the more and more men I speak to about, you know, and, and I need to shout out the amount of people who have like got in touch with advice and, and like, you know, especially during the last week, which is, well, a number of reasons been like probably one of the most trying weeks of of um of my life, and I like to try and keep stuff positive, and and I don't want to come in here and moan because everyone's got their bugbears, but it's like for a number of different reasons been a really trying week, and it's I've been touched by the amount of people who've gotten you know shouted out and whatever and and, and sent messages and 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 that's, but the one thing I, I noticed a lot of is is so many men seem to like have children and then just there sort of becomes like this jealousy towards sort of like their wife becoming a mother and, and them not being the center of the household and them not being, you know, there's almost jealousy towards their kid. And also like, I think I, I felt as, as, as soon as we, we, like she was born, I felt like I, I should grow up here a little bit. And there's things that I was like, you know, you might go back to, but for the moment I'm like, I need to be an adult for the first time in my life with a lot of shit. There's a lot of stuff that I can, and it's silly to say, but it's like things that around the house that before I just leave and just go, oh, I'll just do that tomorrow. I'll do that another day. But when you've got a baby and there's just three of you and you're like, well, actually, no, that's going to make Catherine's life a lot easier. And don't get me wrong, I'll become a fucking selfish prick in the future probably again. But at the moment, in my, you know, and I think it's really important for men to realise that, because that, I think that can fester and that become, become a bigger thing. And I don't know whether that's that's what's happened here is he's become lost and he thinks that maybe, you know, the, the sex is, is just a cover for the fact that, he, he doesn't feel that he's he's maybe the man that he was or maybe the person he, he wants to be or whatever, and, and he's just using that as a as a front because uh, he he doesn't really know another way of talking about it. Um, anyway, I've rattled on too long. Uh, That's great. Once again, got to say, got to shout out, great advice from my guy, the wolf. Um, first thing I would say is uh, I would absolve yourself from any responsibility of what your friend has done as a result of your advice because advice is advice and you're not in control of what that person does. Um, with regards to your mate, 
I just think, look, I don't know what his uh, what his circumstances are, how he, they're splitting childcare, but having kids is fucking knackering, right? And if that makes you too knackered to have sex as much as your partner would like, then that's just fucking okay. Do you know what I mean? I, I just think like. I just think put, like your mate needs to put himself in his, his from his, in his wife's position, and I, as I said, your mate might be doing all the pro, all the childcare, but and he might not. But let's just assume it's fifty fifty. It's knackering, and then she's probably just battered and just wants to sit down and relax, and then she finds out that her husband is like trying to fucking hook up the sweet ting ting with someone else. It's just like horrible. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So. I would say, look, your mate's got to figure out whether he wants to be with. If it's a if it's a sex thing, then talk. You need to talk to his wife and go. This is the situation, and she can say to him, "Well, look, the truth is, uh, I don't feel like it." And then they either figure out how to work out a way through it, or they split up if that's a big thing. Do you know what I mean? That that's that's up to them to sort out. But I just think it's. I just think, look, I I know that things change, but this thing of met of a man, like Tom said. A man being upset because his wife is, or his other half is giving attention to somebody else apart from him and then he's not getting as much sex as he'd like. And so I just think, I don't know, man. You just got to be a bit more considerate than that, do you know what I mean? And try and work it out together, I think. Not that I'm a perfect husband. If I get the swan on here, she will. She could do uh, two and a half hours on uh, her ongoing battle to tolerate me as a human being. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm saying, I mean, Catherine, yeah. Catherine... Kevin's got so irritable with me and I'm putting that down to the fact that we've got a newborn but to be fair she's not been getting on her nerves for the last 10 yeah. years but yeah. it doesn't well, let's, listen all yeah. I would say in regards to that is if it's she's finding you annoying because you've got a newborn I'm assuming that a newborn goes on to 12 years old because that's how old Theo is and Lisa's still been like that to me so um, um, so anyway listen uh, don't feel bad for the advice we've all given advice we regretted um I advise somebody to like just fucking grasp, like just to, to fuck his job off because he wasn't happy with it, and then he really struggled to um, to get work after that, and it eventually got himself sorted out. But I felt horribly guilty yeah, for yeah, the whole time that we've all done that. Um, but listen, Tom ended up doing King Gary, so <laughs> turns out walking away from Judge Romish was uh, was the right thing to do. Okay, my guy, uh, my guy, Tom. How do you feel about uh, yeah, taking good. us out on this uh, this merry ride? Yeah, yeah. Kick back, relax. Let me just tell you an ode. So in the Everglades, there was an alligator called Big Lester. He was the most feared alligator in all of the Everglades and all of the surrounding areas. When anyone else would go in the water, they'd say, "Big, be careful of Big Lester. You know, his bite is severely worse than his raw or whatever alligators do. So for years, Big Lester swam beneath the surface, always just jumping up and always just ripping people down and turning them around. And, you know. But there came a day when Big Lester, he was like, you know what? I have no release. I have no, I have no friends. I have nothing. I'm just, just a lonely alligator floating beneath the surface every now and again, showing my face just to keep this legacy alive of a fearsome beast. So Lester uh, went into the woods, he crept into the woods, and he found a big brown bear. And he said to the bear, um, he, the bear was like, oh, fucking hell, it's big Lester, don't kill me. And he's like, look, I bear you no will or no ill harm. Um, I'm sick of this reputation, and like, I find it really hard to make friends. Um, I need something done. So the big brown bear says, like, okay, cool. Like, um, like, what if we just smash out all your teeth and then you'll be less f uh, fearful? You'll be like, no one will be scared of you anymore. And Big Lester just looks at him and he thinks, you know, you know what? Like, maybe that's a good idea. So the bear just goes and gets a rock and smashes out all Big Lester's teeth. And <laughs> Big Lester sort of says off, you know, thank you. Uh, you know, now with a bit of a, a lisp because he has no teeth. Um, and he goes back to the river uh, and he sort of swims around and all that. A couple of days later, some people are out on one of those things with big, the big fans on the back uh, flying through the Everglades. And Big Lester sort of pops his head out from the water and tries to smile, but he hasn't got any teeth. And sort of, oh my God, it's Big Lester, it's Big Lester. And they're approaching him quickly. And then one of the rangers just gets a rifle and like shoots him and 
then like someone falls in and big Lester tries to save them. So they shoot him again and again. And, uh, you know, as big Lester takes his last breath, as he sinks down, like thinking, I meant, you know, home, I just wanted to play. He just thinks maybe in a way I shouldn't have changed the teeth thing and listened to the big brown bear and have my teeth smashed out. Maybe I should have worked at not kidding things and worked on me as a person rather than changing my exterior. What is the mission statement of this? It's like, yo, we can all get Botox and we can all get Visalign and we can get all this shit to make us look better. But unless we polish up what's inside with our hearts and our souls, we're always going to be that fucking alligator trying to rip people's souls out. Keep you, keep decent, and yell, don't smash your teeth out for nobody, baby. Mm. Who would have thought that that was uh, that long story? There was an anti Invisalign tirade. No, I'm having Invisalign, but I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that. Yo, work on yeah, you. Yeah, no, sure. Yeah. Internally, if, if you'd, if, what you're saying is, if Big Lester had come out of the water and still had his teeth in, they wouldn't have shot him. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, man. <laughs> maybe, maybe. We don't know. Uh, no, I loved it. I loved this. I loved it. The owner of Big Lester. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a really sad ending for a, an alligator. Really. He gets his teeth smashed in and then shot to death. <laughs> but mate, you know what? And then, and, then, and then the moral of the story is it's all Big Lester's fault. <laughs> no, but it was pretty. The brown a, bear, a, bear, a, a bear smashed his fucking teeth in, and then yeah. some people that he's trying mind? to he was trying to be nice to have shot him to death. You know and what? The moral of the story is don't be. You like know Big what? Lester. I, I forgot to say what? is for like eternity after that the big bear was walking around the Everglades and he had like one of those cool necklaces with like. Big Lester's teeth around it. Okay. Yeah. It's a nice end to that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, guys, listen, I hope you've enjoyed uh, another little uh, trip on the train that we like to call the Wolf and Our podcast. We shall see you the next time Tom and I get together for another little record. Yo. Keep sending your emails in to wolfourpod at gmail.com. Uh, we've certainly enjoyed ourselves, and we hope that you've enjoyed listening Almost as much as we've enjoyed recording. Sending uh, a heated missile full of love and energy to all of your hearts. We love you. We love you so much. My guys. Bye-bye.